Welcome, it's indisputable, we got a lot of show today. Breaking down news of the day, we got my big homie Jackson White, co-founder and editor-in-chief of Politoscope TYT Rebel HQ creator. Breaking down news of the day. And in the bullpen, my debate segment, we have Julio Rosas, who will talk about his perspective as it relates to the most recent killing of a black male due to a no-knock warrant, Amir Locke. Should be an interesting debate. Top story of the day. After Amir Locke was shot and killed, even though he was not the target of the warrant, an activist who's an attorney and also a co-chair of the organization to provide oversight to policing did this. We all know these events happen very rapidly. And as there's a gun emerging in your direction, you're forced to make a split second decision um, about when it's, when it's a threat. Chief Huffman, no, hold on, hold on. Chief Huffman, no, no, not. Okay, I'm not a threat, I don't have a gun. Chief Huffman, okay, don't treat me like I'm a threat. This is what I would call the anatomy of a cover up. This is unacceptable, I'm sorry, it is. When I agreed to work with you on the work group, we talked about the importance of transparency and accountability. And here, what we are seeing is business as usual. And you know this, Amelia, you know this, Jacob. I don't know how you guys slept that night. I couldn't sleep that night. Tears from a mother's perspective, thinking about what happened. I saw the picture of Amir, he looks like a boy. My son is 17 years old. He has slept on his friend's couches for sleepovers. So we cannot sit here and whitewash this and pretend that it's okay. You knew that I was not gonna stand for police violence and a push for accountability, yet you asked me to be a part of the work group. And I knew what I thought I was signed up for. This isn't what I signed up for. I understand that you're not comfortable having me continue to co-chair. That's your prerogative. I signed up to help bring recommendations because we're tired of being killed. We're tired of the cover-ups. We're tired of the excuses. That's attorney Nakima Armstrong. She also added this. I see whitewashing. People are asking very simple questions that have still not been answered. Amelia, you're saying you want to be the chief? Then act like it. Demonstrate integrity. Don't cover up for what those cops did. If they knew that the kid had a gun as he started waking up, say, drop your weapon. They didn't do that. One cop opened fire and took the life of a child who was trying to go back into his blanket. Ms. Armstrong is what leadership looks like, true leadership, dynamic leadership and leadership that's unafraid. Let me remind you of what this is about. Here it is.
Mr. Locke should be alive today. When you kill a human being, you kill everything that human being could have contributed. Whatever bloodline, the lineage, the children, they are all dead. Now remember, Minneapolis had a new policy. We're getting rid of no knock warrants except for hostage situations. That's what Mayor Jacob Fry said. He said it at a press conference. However, we have uncovered information to show that Minneapolis police, they have routinely engaged in no knock warrants since the new policy was announced. Also, the same judge who presided over one high profile trial that created all of the reform you see was the same judge who signed the no knock warrant according to sources. Let me give you some background to Ms. Nakima Armstrong, the attorney that you just saw. She's an American lawyer and social justice activist. She served as president of the Minneapolis chapter of the NAACP from 2015 to 2016. She has led a variety of organizations that focus on issues of racial equality and disparity in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. After a protest that was attended by more than 1000 people in downtown Minneapolis calling for justice for Amir Locke. Protesters on Sunday evening demonstrated outside of what is believed to be the home of Amelia Huffman, the interim chief of the Minneapolis Police Department. Now, Chief Huffman has a decision to make. Because in the press conference, they decided to start being an apologist for the police officers who shot and killed Amir Locke. They are not releasing the names of the cops who were involved. They are not telling us exactly who was named on that warrant. Everything is under seal at the moment, pending to be opened soon. But they're using the, well, it's still under investigation barrier to our request. Huffman is under increased scrutiny following the shooting of Mr. Locke and controversial claims she and her department made about Locke in the aftermath. Including describing him as a suspect, claiming the SWAT team announced themselves before entering, which body camera footage did not show. And claiming that Locke was pointing his gun toward the officer, which once again, not on the video. On the video, he was not pointing his gun at anyone. Where's the you have a right to bear arms crowd right now? Are they defending the gun owner, Amir Locke? No. You know why they're not defending the gun owner, Amir Locke? Because Mr. Locke does not fit their narrative. They are cowards and unwilling to speak up because they have no linear logic nor integrity. Mayor Jacob Fry has found himself under similar scrutiny after it emerged that Locke died while MPD was serving a no knock warrant. Something that the mayor claimed during last year's reelection campaign that he had banned the use of. It was literally still on his website as of a few days ago. It literally still said, I banned no knock warrants. 
Vote for me, I'm the reformist. I'm holding the police accountable. Me, Jacob Fry, I'm your guy. All of this was on the website, still. So you know what this campaign did? They literally went and erased it from the damn website after the killing of Mr. Locke. I had high hopes for this mayor. And maybe he can redeem himself, but he gotta do it quickly. While a policy was implemented in November 2020 by Fry, and then MPD chief Arendando, that supposedly restricted the use of no knock warrants and set out guidelines for how they should be carried out by MPD continued. MPD continued to apply for and execute dozens of no knock warrants after this. On Sunday, let's go to Sunday. Mayor Fry's campaign told WCCO's David Schumann the claim had been removed as part of a broader rewrite of the site and acknowledged the claim was inaccurate. You see what's happening here, right? They literally campaigned on a lie. The community believed the lie, voted for this person, Jacob Fry, because he said he's the one. He campaigned on policies, allowed those policies to remain in the public sphere. While knowing the entire time, the city that he governed was contrary to the policy he proclaimed he changed. It gets deeper. The pre-dawn no-knock raid early Wednesday, where Minneapolis police shot and killed 22-year-old Amir Locke, nine seconds after entering the downtown apartment, has led to widespread condemnation of the use of no-knock warrants again. Who's the judge? Let's put up a picture of the judge that signed the warrant according to the reports internally. That's Judge Peter Cahill. The search warrants and underlying affidavits related to the January St. Paul murder case remain sealed. However, our source with knowledge of the investigation confirms to KAR11, KARE11, that Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill signed off on the no knock warrant MPD used to enter the apartment. When the local news wanted confirmation of this, here's what the court responded and said. Judge Cahill signed the no knock warrant that ended up, that ended with MPD shooting Amir Locke. Would Judge Cahill comment on his, uh, on this or more generally on how much scrutiny he gives the request for no knock? And if he ever refuses, to sign one because he doesn't think it's necessary. So that came from the news agency. Here's uh, here's the response, it's coming up. So the response is from the court spokesperson, Judge Cahill cannot comment on this particular warrant or any warrant he signs because of the Minnesota Code of Judicial Conduct's prohibition on judicial comment in any pending or impending cases. While Minneapolis police are not saying why they opted for a no knock warrant the morning Locke was killed. 
Minnesota Public Radio is reporting right now. Court documents indicate that a man who lived in the apartment that Locke was visiting had threatened police before. A law enforcement source told CARE 11 the warrant that resulted in Locke's death was not originally supposed to be a no knock warrant. When Minneapolis police were asked to assist St. Paul police with executing the warrant, the MPD insisted the warrant be changed to be executed without knocking first. This is why policy is so damn important. Because if the policy was actually in place, and if they respected the policy because of fear of prosecution, if they do not, Mr. Locke, 22 years of age, would be alive right now. He will be alive right now. If they would have announced themselves, if they would have simply said, police, open up. Once he knows it's the police, he's not trying to kill the police. He's simply sleep, sleeping on the couch. Of course, he was startled. Jackson, what are your thoughts on this? So, you know, the biggest thing that we always point out when we talk about stories like this is that this shows intent, this shows culture, this shows attitude. And again and again and again, we see, you know, officers, whether it be SWAT teams or just officers, even in traffic stops, abusing their power because they're afraid of the people that they're pulling over, that they're going into a house. If there's nine or 10 of you, all of you have guns, all of you are trained. There's no reason why you should be afraid if you can clearly see that there's one person that's sitting there on the couch. But what's really important about this is this shows, you know, for people who don't see the issue and don't understand why a large portion of the general public doesn't trust law enforcement, it's because this is a reputation that they've built for themselves. And now with modern technology, we see it over and over and over and over again, and there's no hiding it. You know, if if they a no-knock warrant isn't supposed to be served and it still ends up being served, what does that say? What do you think about the people in the community? What's your attitude towards the, their criminals? We have to get them, that's your attitude. Because again, like you said, if you would have just knocked on the door, he would have answered it. There's yeah. nine or 10 of you, all of you got guns. But this also shows that the public really, really needs to get more involved in the process because at the end of the day, that's, you know, we have the power to switch up who's sitting in these seats. So this is the effect of policy, like you said. The people demanded it, the people said, let's get rid of these no knock warrants, except for very, very restricted reasons. Let's make it so, the mayor said he had made it so, the chief of that time said they had made it so. Now they've made it so. I mean, the irony of this is now they have a moratorium on all no knock warrants, well, damn. You campaigned on it, you had the authority to do it all along, and you still didn't do it? Come on, man. This blood, the blood of Amir Locke, is also on the hands of the interim chief and Mayor Fry. Because if they simply would have implemented what they told people they already did, Mr. Locke may be alive today. He may have due process today, all right? Okay, there's a black detective who was awarded the whitest black guy trophy by his supervisor at the police at the police precinct. I kid you not. 
This is in Delaware. Wilmington Police Department is investigating after it learned a black officer was given the whitest black guy trophy. Let's put up the trophy. We got a picture of the trophy. Okay? And then it's a cheap ass trophy at that. The identity of the black officer has not been revealed as of yet. This is an interesting and deep story. The trophy was reportedly given in jest. <laughs> it's just a joke. Was awarded to a black male detective by his white supervisor, according to officials. It has been on display of the detective's desk since 2019. It means that you are not fitting in with your own culture, said Kobe Owens, the Delaware NAACP member. It's unfortunate that this has actually been on the desk for almost three years now. And to finally see a picture of it and show something like that is just unacceptable. So damn shame is what it is. Uh, the Wilmington Council President, Trippy Congo. Uh, now, Councilmember Congo is an interesting individual because Congo released a picture of the gold figure with a statement saying, This is an example of the culture displayed by the department. I understand they're like family, but they're not. And for them, to give that kind of award when they already know the tension between black and white officers, Congo said. Congo says the officers that brought this to his attention, they find it offensive. Although the recipient reportedly doesn't mind. Now, let me tell you about the detective here uh, who had this on his desk since 2019, okay? He's the agreeable Negro. Now, let me be very clear about this. He doesn't want it on his desk. But he has been so conditioned to simply acquiesce to the power structure around him that he is basically a reflection of whatever their will may be. We have many terms for this. I will not say them on television. But he's not comfortable. He's not okay with it. Okay? He's conditioned. Let's put up a picture. Wilmington Council President Trippy Congo, he says they felt emboldened to at least speak with him after a no confidence vote of the police chief. This is Robert Tracy, which passed six to four. So the council voted a no confidence vote into the chief of police, right? This isn't the first time that racial tensions have been on display in that department. Let me give you another story connected to the same department, and this is just one of many. In, in 2014, members of the Muslim Delaware Community and National Black Police Association stood behind Captain Fahim Akil, who is black, okay? He's black, after he faced internal charges for calling a white officer by a racial slur, okay? Now, here's the backstory to that. According to sources from the incident, Akil had confronted another officer, Sergeant Vincent Nall, after he used a racial slur against another black officer. So you got a black officer approaching a sergeant about the use of the N word, okay? That's what's happening here. Nall had used the N word when referencing a black officer during roll call, sources said. In confronting Nall, 
until use the C word. And the sources say it differed in the context than how the other officer used the racial slur against a black cop. So you have this kind of tension inside of the police department. Now at some point, at some point, police officers, you have to you have to talk up. I mean, damn, we can't keep talking up for you. You have to talk up, you have to come out and say, this is the racism, file the lawsuit, make the complaint. I know it may not go anywhere internally, but you have to sound the alarm. And if you don't sound the alarm, you are allowing these individuals who are antithetical to the progress of black folk and brown folk and historically marginalized groups to continue to assault and violate them on a regular basis. And if you think you are a good cop, if you are allowing that industry to permeate outside of your precinct, you're not as good as you believe you are. Jackson, what are your thoughts on this story, brother? Do you think the black cop was just a-okay with everything? Well, you know, if you're looking at it from a shallow perspective, it's easy to think that that may be the case. But as you point out, and as you pointed out in one of the previous stories you covered about this, this really getting that award, basically what it's saying is you're predictable. I know what you're gonna do, I know what you're gonna say. And that really, you know, this speaks a lot, you know, even though I'm, you know, about as light skinned as it gets on the spectrum of, of black people, you know what I'm saying? Me always being an entrepreneur, business owner, make something out of nothing type of person and just having a personality that pursues freedom. You know, if you're a minority, you're either that or you kind of have to conform in some type of way. And so we're slowly, slowly getting out of those times to where you don't really have as much of a choice. But that's really what that award says, because in a corporate structure, if you have the type of personality to where, you know, not that you don't want to be, you know, an a-hole anywhere, but the type of person where you'll stand up for what's right. You know, if something, if you don't agree with something, or if you push the edge, if the company's doing something that you don't believe in, you know, those types of people don't necessarily go far within a rigid corporate structure. That's right. You know, people who, you know, aren't just gonna do anything but be themselves. So that's really a lot of what this alludes to, more so than not is. The experience of being a minority, especially the darker the darker your skin is, in this country, you again you either have to take the risks of being yourself openly and the struggle that that brings, or you have to turn yourself off and or try to find somewhere in the middle. So that's really what you know. I think that this uh, this sheds light on more than anything else. Very well said. Very well said. Philly police. They draw their guns on a family, including their children, because they say they're looking for somebody. And here's what happened in the aftermath when the family is still shook up by the incident. Here it is. Officer saw him and supposedly broke broke into the back of your house to get away from these officers. We have him captured and we have a gun recovered. I'm not, you I'm not understanding. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven traumatized people, and you yelling, pointing in my face. Who's yelling? You! I'm oh, matching your energy. Oh, I'm matching your energy. Oh, oh, I'm matching your energy, ma'am. Okay? I'm explaining to you what happened, and you're mad at the wrong people. We're not out here shooting civilians. We are not. I did not have my gun out, so don't say you. And I have a 
a one-year-old daughter in here that had a gun pointed towards her. I had a one-year-old. You see, with community and why we have the hesitation. Do you understand why we have the hesitation? Okay. I'm just. I just need you to know. How would y'all feel? Get a whole another team. Boy, need a break. She in the house doing nothing. This unidentified police officer with Philly is way out of line. So let me break down some variables that exist here. Number one, according to the cop, that family may have been a victim of another crime. Well, why would you talk to a victim or victims in that manner? Number two, obviously they were not criminals, but you pulled out guns on them and their children. You have to understand that they are obviously emotional about that extremely traumatic situation. Why would you then traumatize them a third time by being exactly who they know you to be typically, which is an out of control, angry white cop? I need someone to identify this police officer. Let's put his picture up. We do want to know who he is. That's his picture. Let's try to identify him before the day is over because there needs to be accountability here. Uh, The footage begins with the officer claiming that a suspect with a gun had supposedly broken into the back of the woman's home. The woman tells the officer that seven people at her home were traumatized by the police response before asking why he had yelled and pointed in her face. Now, what I want you to remember, we don't see the yelling that took place before the other yelling on the video. The reason why the recording started was because the officer was already out of control. And if you notice, it was his partner that had to calm him down and basically remove him from the situation. Who's yelling? The officer shouts in return, I'm matching your energy. The officer who at that point is being held back by a fellow officer can then be seen swiftly moving his face toward the woman while holding up his body camera, obviously a sign of unnecessary aggression. The details of what exactly transpired before the video began remain unclear. In a statement to the Daily Dot, the Philadelphia Police Department said that it was aware of the video and that an internal affairs investigation is underway. All right, so we need to know who the officer is. Uh, Jackson, really uncalled for here, unnecessary. Uh, It looked as if he was about to attack this woman. And anyone would understand, any police officer in particular, anybody should understand when you point guns at family, uh, uh, and, and children, and you didn't mean to, they weren't the target of your uh, arrest or anything else. You have to talk to them like they're, they're victims now. You have victimized them and traumatized them. Yeah, well, you know, his job is to de escalate and yep. to protect and serve. And so, first and foremost, I think that that was probably one of the more ridiculous the videos of a police officer. Um, misconduct I've ever seen because that was not even, you know, a lot of the time you just see aggression and anger, but that was like childish. That was like, you know, borderline like emotional issues. Like any anyone who would see that would be like, bro, that was lame. You know what I'm saying? Like, and two, like you're 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 in front of a family who is a victim of a crime, and also, you know, you're in front of women and you're a man. You know what I'm saying? And like you're yelling and screaming and it's like, I'm matching your energy. But it's like, bro, but you're a grown man. Even if they were like being ridiculous, which they weren't, even if they were have were having attitudes, you're supposed to be calm and collected. Why is that really getting under your skin like that? Right. Because if it is getting under your skin like that, then you shouldn't be working that job. You shouldn't have that badge and you shouldn't have that gun on your waist. Because again, it's like, What type of dude, type of guy is this? You know what I'm saying? Everybody understands 
why they were emotional. And they weren't even as emotional as I think they should have been after that kind of drama coming to their home. But everyone understands why they would be emotional and why they would ask questions. We have to stop eliminating the humanity in basic conversations. Humanity would cause anyone who watches that story to say, well, damn, he didn't have to be like that. We all understand why they were in that in that space and why they didn't understand and why they were upset. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. What you going to do, boy? What you going to do in here with everybody here, man? What you going to do? Get your ass up there and get the. Consequences and repercussions. Now, I don't advocate violence. As I said, I always say that for TV. But I do advocate for self defense. All right. When the male Karen decided to approach the black male in an aggressive manner, he had no choice but to defend himself. Now, remember, he had already walked away and forgiven this male Karen for calling him a boy. And then after forgiving the male Karen multiple times for his insults, even though he did incite violence, the black male walked away until the white male decided to mess around and find out. Jackson? Well, you know, as I pointed out many times on this show, is you gotta be careful. Everybody watching, you gotta be careful because you never know who just might be fine and fit to whoop your ass. Especially if you ask him for it. Because like you said, he just, he, boy, started walking up to him with his arms up like, a, yeah, he's not gonna do anything to me. And then what do you have it? And then now he's on the ground and got hit more times, maybe than he should have or needed to. You know, I probably would have pushed him down or something similar, just like, bro, get out my, something like that. Maybe wouldn't have hit him four or five times. But still, like, you said what you gonna do, and he showed you what he did. So ultimately, you know, you, you can't you can't do stuff like that to people, and then get upset just because you feel stupid because you asked for what happened to you. If I asked for this was a picture, here's what it would be. Yeah, him. Wow. All right, I got something for you. Double dose. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Can you explain to me calmly? No, because you're attacking me right now. I'm not attacking you. Ma'am, you flicked me off. You're ready to take it. Guys, this is her license plate number. She lives no. here. This is her address. Karen, you flipped me off. No, you cut me off and flipped me off, and now you're playing the victim. Ma'am, would you like to calm down? No, you're attacking me right now. Was that 
Guys, she flipped me off. She literally flipped me off and then she tried to come home. She's Karen. Karen, would you like to calm down and have a conversation? Why you? Am I attacking her? Ma'am, I'm not attacking you. You flipped me off and you thought you could get away with it. Fascinating. So for some Karens, a cell phone recording will make them act like a gremlin being fed after 12 midnight. I don't understand why so many individuals who engage in this Karenicity, and yes, this may be a throwback Karen, but so many individuals who engage in Karenicity will all of a sudden not stand by their decision. If you decided to flip someone off, cut them off in traffic, and they say, hey, no, we're going to record this encounter now. That response was so damn extreme, but in an odd way, it shows that they are aware of their actions. Now, all Karens are not embarrassed by their Karenicity, but this one was, which leads me to believe that there may be some hope for this particular Karen. And that's why I'm putting it out right now that this is someone who I would like to qualify for a thing I have called Karen redemption. If you know this Karen, have her reach out to me so we can make her a guest on the show so she can perhaps possibly redeem herself. I'm extending an olive branch of sorts. I think everybody can be redeemed. No, I don't. I think some people can be redeemed. Jackson, what are your thoughts, brother? Yeah, I definitely agree. Not not quite everybody. Right, not everybody. But I think that uh, this woman definitely can be redeemed. I think you know it would have been a little better if she just would have been calm and chill, or at least been ready to back up what she did, or something other than drawing the entire neighborhood's attention to her. Yeah, which was like unbelievably unnecessary. And then the, I, you the, the you know he's attacking me thing that always yeah. makes me really upset because. You never know who's walking by. You never know what cop may drive up to the scene. You never know what vigilante may hear this and think, "Oh my goodness, white woman being attacked!" Right? I mean, or just anybody. I mean, you if you just walk in and there's some man and it's some woman and they're like, "Ah, you're gonna," you know, like you never know. So that you really are putting somebody at risk. You're yeah. right. Yeah. All right. We got more on the other side. Is indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still got a lot of show left, okay? The dragon who said nigh. Yes, he is recording himself attacking this woman. Sorry, but only Republicans are dumb enough to record themselves committing crimes. Shakata Gana Beer, Beer Dragon says, Karen's like that make it worse for people who are being attacked. That's true, it does. Hulkin break, Karen thought he was Kratos instead instead got cratered. Trudy, Dr. Richie uh, trying not to laugh. Well, I am at home and laugh at him catching hand with his fist. Yeah. All right. Twitch. Robert1007 says that man is the latest winner of stupid games and stupid prizes. It really is. <laughs> Thomas Anakin says, I got your boy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Calendon. 
Is it like that old lady that started to scream rape? It, it really is. I mean, it's very similar. Groove Dragon, more like water on the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> You're right, actually. Okay. Anti Karens unite. You're screaming at employees at Walmart. Get out of here. Legend has it that forged from a world of Karens will rise one anti. <laughs> this is an anti Karen who's what, four years old? Okay. She has a gift. She said, let me talk to her. I think she spotted the anti Karen with her supernatural Karen radar. She assessed the whole situation. Let me give you some background here. The aunt, TikTok user name Mara Al Handak, shared footage of the exchange, which garnered 1.3 million views as of Sunday. Got more, many more now. Well, that's just tough, lady, the older Karen told the child. She appeared to walk away after that. Uh, the aunt, wrote in a comment on the video that she had not parked anywhere near the Karen's apartment. She said she had parked in the fire lane because her grandmother had fainted. And actually that is permissible by the way. You can utilize emergency lanes if there is an emergency, a true emergency, you're able to use those lanes. All right, Jackson, anti-Karen, yeah, she, is she the one? She's the one, she's definitely the chosen one. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, um, you know, the the Karen, she had no choice but to walk away because it was like, okay, I'm not gonna sit here and argue with this little little kid. And she saw she that she did. was being, yeah, like, yeah, she started to, and I think eventually it dawned on her, like, am I really doing this right now? <laughs> like, or or maybe, maybe her, you know, the, the powers of the chosen one just paid off and it just you know, right. Jedi mind trick, it just it just penetrated through that thick stubbornness, you know what I'm saying? And she just walked away. Where she said, Well, that's just tough, lady. <laughs> yeah, right. She just she just waved her hand and said, be like, you want to walk away? And then she was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes uh Karening has no boundaries. All right. Yeah. You know. There's a Lowe's delivery driver, well now ex Lowe's delivery driver. He delivers a package, he gets kidnapped. I mean, he gets held hostage. He starts recording, Lowe's ends up firing him for recording the criminal situation that's happening against him. Let me show you the first video, here it is. Yeah, so I definitely have to leave. No, <laughs> I got kidnapped not. today. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I plumber, definitely have to leave. The plumber is on his way, you wait. No, I'm sorry, but because first of all, window of opportunity for delivery is eight to five. It's gotcha. not even eight o'clock yet. Okay, yeah. so you're waiting for that 15 minutes that you were here early. I got be, okay. No. Listen, I have 15 deliveries today, 220 miles. You'll just have to call those and reschedule. With I them. am not. 
There's nothing I can do about you it. You are I, staying. I'm not in charge here. Unload, I have, I have the superiors. I have superiors I have to listen unload to. Unload the appliances. Okay. Because you're going to leave those anyway. Yeah, that's fine. I can unload them and leave them here. And you're going to be stacking them. Yes. Okay. I can see. Yeah, I can stack them real quick. So we'll take and get it all, you know, get it all put up and we'll get it in that room. The plumber is on his way. He's got to cut two little pipes, cap them, and he'll be out. Here's another video. Yeah, I understand your concern here and whatnot, and you want this done, but that's you not... guys can't give me a okay, window of well, time. Listen, no, this You're is early. Thing. Listen, this is what I'm telling you. I'm not okay. calling and rescheduling. I've been, I've been I have very, had to take time been, off from work. Okay, I have been I working that. with the store I understand multiple that. times. I understand that. You are not going. Okay, I, that is I understand that, but you cannot tell me that I'm not leaving your house. My boss informed me to leave your house, so that's just what I have to do. It's Get nothing personal. It's Get nothing personal. I don't have to have him on the phone you're not going anywhere okay well i'm going to leave your house no okay and at this point you've already put me in a threatened situation where i don't feel comfortable i so, work for the police department okay honey. that's fine honey you can't lock me in your house you guys so are early okay. it is not even Thank time you. yet for you Thank to take you. and be here you need to step out of my way no okay i'm telling you i'm gonna call the police call 911. okay so if you don't move i'm going to force my way out of your home call 911. okay a respectful young gent, let's put up his picture. Now, this Karen was committing a crime. What Lowe's did to him by firing him was unethical and immoral in my opinion. Uh, his name is Corey. Let me give you some background to this situation and an update to the story. According to the driver, he was fired for not taking the video down. You hear me? He was fired for not taking the video down. Uh, in the subsequent video revealing he was fired, he recorded himself speaking with his manager who expressed concern, the woman, I could sue him, but more importantly, Lowe's for having uploaded the video to TikTok with her personal information visible on the loading dock ticket. Okay, uh, while the manager tried to make it seem like she understood why he recorded, even saying she wants her drivers uh, to record incidents like this, she wanted the video given to her and not uploaded online. Okay, the possibility of this woman actually being employed by the police. Department was another real concern here. Let me take you to Illinois law, this, this is where it happened. It is unlawful for any person to knowingly make a video record or transmit live video of another person in that other person's residence without that person's consent when the recording or transmission is made outside that person's resident by use of an audio or video device that records or transmits from a remote location. Now, I did some research on this. That law does not apply when you're in the middle of a criminal situation and you are recording to create a record for the crime that is being committed. It does not apply when you are in a position like he is or he was, all right? It also states section 10-4, Forcible detention, a person commits the offense of forcible detention when he holds an individual hostage without lawful authority for the purpose of obtaining performance by a third person of demands made by the person holding the hostage. No word on her being arrested. So in another follow up video, he reveals after being fired, Lowe's is threatening to sue him now. His company is now threatening to sue him. 
over the video while also refusing to help him with the hostage situation he was in. He mentions he never signed anything concerning social media unless it was hidden away in some fine print. We call that a boilerplate provision. And now he is concerned about getting an attorney and being short on funds due to him being fired. All right. He may have to start a GoFundMe account because he's expecting a child in March. You talk about a respectful young man. If he sets up a GoFundMe, I am going to contribute. Okay. He was respectful, he was courteous, he was kind. This is a good young man. And for Lowe's to do this, he should be employee of the freaking month for what he endured and how he handled that situation. Shame on Lowe's for treating one of the employees this way. You should have stood by him because I guarantee you I won't be buying another damn thing from you, period. While Corey did take the video down three days ago in a video caption, would you support to sue Lowe's back in a just screw it moment? He re-uploaded the video obscuring the woman's face and her info. So far Lowe's has made the effort to keep this whole affair off the radar. We are putting it on the radar and we are good at that. Jackson, thoughts here? Yeah, I think the pettiest thing that Lowe's did was threaten to sue him. Because it's like, what are you gonna get out of him? You you know right, exactly. you know you're not going to get anything out of him. You're a you know a national corporation. You make tons of money. You're in every state. You know it, it, so th- this whole thing was just ridiculous. And then on the woman's end too, it's like what you know no you're 15 minutes early, so you have to stay in my house for 15 minutes. Like what? Like you know that that. If you're a manager or anything, I understand. I can understand why there would be concerns of having the video online. I can see that, but just like turning it and flipping it to where it's like, well, what should he have done then? You know what I mean? Like, what should he have done? Should he have just stayed there? Because he said his boss told him to leave. Right. You know what I mean? So it just it's it's not fair. It's a stupid situation. In a story that has a very positive ending, a six-year-old child was hit by a car while saving his sister. He is now being held a hero. Let's put up a picture of the entire family. Look at that beautiful family. Caden Reed, let's keep that picture up. Caden Reed was hit by a car last month in Mobile, Alabama after saving his two year old sister Casey. After she ran into the street, Caden said, I had to go get her before she got ran over by the car. But that's when the car hit me. I'm gonna give you background to this story. Caden's mother, her name is Kayla Giles. Recall the accident and how fast a two year old was moving when she darted into the street. By the time everybody else saw Casey in the street, Caden was right there. He ran right into the street to save her. But in the process of getting her out of the way, he got hit by the car. Giles told Fox 5 and friends, we're just thankful that we have both kids home and safe today. Thankfully, Reed only had a few scratches after the accident. He enjoyed a ceremony, let's put up a picture of that. So he enjoyed this rewarding ceremony from the local firefighters celebrating him being a hero. 
the mobile fire rescue came to the party and gave Caden a tour of the fire truck and front front row view from the driver's seat. Caden appropriately wore his Superman costume for the special event because he is definitely a superhero. Public information officer Stephen Milhouse spoke highly of Caden's heroic efforts as a first responder. The family reached out to us after we had responded to the scene and after we transported him to the hospital. Milhouse said, he's definitely a hero. He's got the heart of a hero. But as a six year old young man for Caden to be able to recognize what was happening and to react the way he did. He's definitely a beacon for our future and our 100% occur. We are very proud of the efforts of this young man who saved his sister and in the process sacrificed himself. We are thankful that he and his sister are doing just fine. A reminder also, let's keep our eyes on our babies, all right? Things can happen very quickly. Jackson, thoughts? Yeah, I think it's definitely cool that Caden got to be honored for it. And you know, definitely this will be something that he always remembers. And maybe it's foreshadowing what he has ahead of him. Sure. So, you know, it's definitely nice to be able to close out today with that, especially considering we're going into the midterms and just everything else that everybody's dealing with. So it was definitely nice to yeah, close it's out. It's a good story. A great yeah. story. All right, brother, always a pleasure having you on this. Oh, yeah. Tell oh, people yeah. how they can follow you, check you out. Oh, yeah. You can check me out on Rebel HQ. I do videos Monday through Friday just talking about politics, what's going on. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Politoscope app. We got a bunch of new things coming soon. We're excited to let you know about it. And, you know, as always, it's good to be on and looking forward to next time. Same here, brother. Thank you, man. Remember the truth is always indisputable.